Just to give a, a greater context of Acts, uh, we've been out of Acts for a while as a church. Luke writes to Theophilus, uh, picking up where he left off in his gospel account. Acts was written sometime between A.D. 62 and 64. It begins with Christ's ascension and the events at Pentecost. The disciples obey Christ's commission, uh, Acts 1.8, and as what we heard this morning, Matthew 28.18-20. They take the gospel from Jerusalem to, G- to Judea, Samaria, and to the rest of the known world at that time. Acts forms a, a bridge between the four gospels and the rest of the New Testament showing how the apostles carried the commission of Christ by making disciples through their going, their teaching, baptizing people into local churches. Now, the the immediate context here in this verse is that Paul's in custody of Festus, the Roman governor. And in Acts chapter 22, 23, 24, and 25, Paul has defended himself through proclaiming the gospel to the governing officials on several occasions in these chapters. Now, in chapter 26, Paul stands before King Agrippa, and he begins to tell his conversion story as he did in Acts 22. Specifically, Paul gives an evangelistic defense by using his personal testimony of conversion and commission from Jesus. Now, Paul used the opportunity with Agrippa to carry out the very commission he describes in his conversion story. Now, this leads us to our, our really our main point this evening. A person's call to Christ is never separated from the call to share Christ. A person's call to Christ is never separated from the call to share Christ. Now, put it positively, the personal call to Christ is the personal call to share Christ. The personal call to Christ is the personal call to share Christ. The call to Christian life, to the Christian life, is a call to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is likened to a hand to a glove, uh, a basketball to a hoop, water to a water polo. Now we see this in verse 16. Paul's salvation was never separated from his commission. Paul was saved unto the Lord and unto a service and a witness unto the Lord. And this is exactly how verse 16 reads, which says, starting um, halfway through, it says, I have appeared to you for this purpose. And I just want to stop there and remind us what has happened in Paul's conversion. Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was going there to persecute Christians. He had obtained letters from the the high priest in order to do so. But God intervenes. God breaks in, and he stops this, and in so doing brings about salvation in Paul's life. So I appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and a witness. We see them go hand in hand. Now, we've heard from Pastor Brad preach this way, that God does not only save us from something, namely sin, rebellion, and eternal judgment, but he saves us to something, namely to himself to a a local body, and to his service. Now, just as we know and have been taught that the Bible doesn't teach or affirm a long-ranger Christianity because Christians are baptized into churches and made members of local churches, the Bible also doesn't have a category where a person's salvation is separate from Christ's commission. The Bible indicates and expresses that we have received a great and wonderful and joy-filled 
salvation, so much so that we are compelled to share this good news with others. The chief end of man, man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We do that on this side of heaven by filling the commission given to us as a Christian church. Now, as Brad said this morning, the mission of the church is simply to make disciples, and we do that by declaring, displaying, and defending the gospel. Now, for, for some of you may be asking, well, I want to learn more about how to do that, and I would just say just continue to listen. Others, you may be skeptical of this gospel that I've just spoken of. So I just want to take a time and explain a little bit more. At the heart of the gospel message is a gracious Savior who has left heaven and glory to seek you out. He came not to, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Each person has done their own thing and rebelled against God by living for themselves, yet Christ died for you when he hung upon the cross and when he was buried in the grave, yet he conquered death by rising over the grave and in so doing has given you the opportunity to have new life, eternal life with him. If you would repent of your sins and turn to Christ in belief. This is the great and wonderful and joy-filled gospel that I speak of. This is the great and wonderful and joy-filled gospel that Paul speaks of. Paul in verse 16 embodies this understanding that salvation leads to proclamation. And this is not a one-off story from Paul. Paul lives and speaks this way in other epistles. If you look to Philippians chapter 1, he to reference this morning, chapter 1 verses 21 through 26, we see this. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, yet which I shall choose I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between two, the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So in other words, Paul says his very existence is for Christ. He displays it here in his desire to see and help produce spiritual good to others. In the Little Nine Marks book's discipling that was handed out last week, the definition of discipleship given in that book simply is doing spiritual good for someone else. And what I want you to see is the fruit of his salvation, the fruit of Paul's salvation, the knowledge of God that he has was to help produce spiritual good in others by being a servant and a witness unto Jesus. Now, this isn't just a Paul thing either. It's a Bible thing. First Peter 2.9, which I think was also referenced in the sermon today, says this, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The personal call to Christ is a personal call to share Christ. So in, in supporting this, it is 
contrary for us to think that the gospel, it is contrary to, to the gospel, excuse me, to keep what you have learned to yourself. We are not meant to take, be like a reclusive monk that only seeks to do spiritual good for themselves. It is good news, and it's good news is meant to be proclaimed. So if we take this, I think we can see two applications from verse 16. We see Jesus appointed Paul to be a servant and a witness. So by way of application, we are to be a servant of Jesus by serving others. Now, practically speaking, we need to employ observing and listening. Now, Brad made it very obvious this morning from observing, if our neighbor's house is on fire, we, we should help them to extinguish it. But sometimes things are not as obvious, so we should be observing. We should be looking. So if we think lo- location-wise, this in your own neighborhood, what is going on in your neighborhood? You can easily observe as you're leaving your house to go to work, as you're leaving your house to go to the grocery store, as you're taking walks around the block, what is going on? What do we see? Do we see an expectant mother get out of her car and have a hard time getting to her front door? Do we have a, an older gentleman come out of their house in a walker getting to their mailbox? What do we observe? So one easy thing that's coming this fall, as we all can expect, is that leaves will fall. And I am sure that someone in your neighborhood will need help raking leaves. But will we observe? We should. We can observe by bringing them meals when they need a meal, by signing up for meal train. But we also need to listen. Part of being able to serve people is listening to them, listening to what their needs are and meeting those needs, or at least connecting them to someone who has the ability to meet their needs, listening to them for gospel opportunities. When someone says, my family member has COVID, well, listening leads to actually what Brad practice would be probing, asking questions. Well, how are you doing that, brother? How are you doing with that coworker? How can I pray for you? What if we hear someone passing away? We ask similarly, how can I pray for you? How can I uh, serve you? But serving others is not only done in your neighborhood or at your work, but right here at UBC. I encourage you to talk to Trey about uh, college students that are wanting mentoring, Haley or Joy about women that are seeking mentorship. Talk to Michael Lawrence or Jack Gilliland to see what help they need with member care. There are plenty of opportunities to serve here at UBC. But we also see the application in verse 9, uh, 16 to be a witness. First, a witness seeks to know the truth in order to give a true witness. Therefore, we must seek to know God more deeply through his word. By reading it. By studying it. By memorizing it. And this includes seeking out discipleship within our local church. 
the end of verse 16 gives us some insight also here on how to be a witness. To what you have seen, he says to Paul, you will bear witness or you'll be a witness to what you have seen and to what I will show you. So start with the basics in being a witness. For those who are new Christians or those who have been Christians for years, we see Paul's example. He uses his own personal conversion story, his testimony, if you will, multiple times in the books of Acts. In the book of Acts. Share your conversion story with others. This is your testimony. Yet I would beg you to please know that a testimony is only a testimony when the gospel is clear, when, when conversion is, is present. I can remember hearing pastors share a, a testimony from the pulpit and and. And what I heard was more of, of a story of behavior modification. It, there wasn't a gospel presented. And I even appreciated Brad when I went through my membership interview, when I wrote my testimony, it wasn't clear enough. And Brad asked me, well, what did you mean by this? Can you tell me more? So when we seek to be a, a witness and we share our testimony, be clear on the gospel. And as we continue to grow, continue to share with others. Dear brothers and sisters, there really isn't a reason that all of us here at UBC aren't involved with discipleship. Either we are discipling others or someone is discipling us and we are accomplishing this mission that we've talked about. So the recap a personal person's call to Christ is never separated from the call to share Christ. The personal call to Christ is the personal call to share Christ. Will you be a servant or will you be a witness? Let us pray. Lord God, we, we ask that you would remind us of this great salvation that you have you have lavished upon us. Lord, help us remember the depths of our sin and rebellion that you have rescued us from. And Lord, help us think upon the wonderful things that you have blessed us with in Christ that you have saved us too. Namely, that we get to be children of God. We get to be members of a local church. We get to share in this discipleship ministry together. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.